Hello, you're listening to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. If some of our discussions and tips are working for you, why don't you grab a 15-minute call with us at ecommercecall.com. We'll see whether we can help scale your e-commerce business. We will quickly see if we're a fit or whether we can recommend someone else to get you where you need to go. The worst case is you'll have a fun 15-minute chat and regardless, you'll come away understanding a lot more about your business. Book a call at ecommercecall.com. Hello and welcome to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. This week, Ian and I are diving into some benchmarks, particularly looking at the five salesperson process that we go through and looking at the benchmarks for each stage so we can improve them and understand exactly where we are. So let's get started. I think we're live. How are you? Afternoon, Mark. Afternoon, Ian. Welcome yeah, to Hamilton Brothers Podcast. I'm uh, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, we have started a lot later because you, you and I have been talking for hours about rubbish um, that people wouldn't want to listen emotional, to. So, yeah, emotional ranting. Emotional ranting for an hour and a half. And then we thought, oh, we better do the podcast because that's what we're here for. Yeah. Mm. It is what it is. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, no, no, you're not. You're right. You're ready. <laughs> Yay! Let's Come do on. it. Excited enthusiasm. Yeah. American enthusiasm. There's a lot of listeners in America. I'm not sure if that's. I think you might be just put them no, off. Well, right I love. I think it's it's a it's it's a country of motivation and can do. A country country of motivational speakers. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas England's a bit no. I remember doing. I I did. <laughs> I did an e-commerce session for a company that had a head office in New York and a head office in London and said the same thing to both offices. Did the, did the New York one first and did the, the, the London one after. And the New York was like, yeah, let's do this. Come on. Let's make this happen. Let's get the outer basket stamp to nine. We can do it. Woo. And then the England one in London was like, that's no – it's just not going to happen. We just can't do that, Ian. We can't. Our right, basket is, is never going to get that high. We can't do it. Let's give up. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I remember in, in England, my first job, one of my first jobs was, was at Rolls-Royce Aerospace when I was a mechanical engineer. And the first employee um, review, you know, where they do a review and you get like a report card and they wrote right on it. And the, the, the criticism of me was, is too enthusiastic. <laughs> and like, I am not that enthusiastic as a he person. He just thinks he can, yeah, he can, think, like, he can make things happen. It's just he's making us all look really bad. He's just too optimistic for this company. Yeah. It's just too enthusiastic. We can't, we can't get, yeah. it just sounds ridiculous now. But at the time I was like, what do you mean too enthusiastic? Yeah. Oh dear. Brilliant. Anyway, Brilliant. so we're going to do we're going to talk about uh, benchmarking now. In the show notes, there is a um, PDF we put together of our, of our latest benchmarking for e-commerce. So you can grab a copy of that. Just pop your email on the link, and that gets sent to you. Um, but what we wanted to do today was just kind of go through because um, a lot of people. Are pop- One of my most popular podcasts, if you haven't listened to it, is the the series we did on the five salespeople for e-commerce. So the five sales for e-commerce, it's, it's probably a bit middle of last year now when, when we did that. There's, yeah. there's, I think there's 
I think there's maybe five, five podcasts, as you would expect, one on each one, or maybe even six, one on an overview and then, and then one on each one. So um, what we thought we'd do today is go through the benchmarks for each of those um, yeah. five salespeople. It probably won't take too long as long as we don't. I think we've got to be careful we don't completely dive off into how to improve those KPIs well, that's, that's too much. Very, that's likely to happen. Yes, yes. Because I so think we'll we've, try not we've done to. podcasts on, on yeah. each of those in, in detail, and it's difficult well, it's, not to try I mean, and correct it. it. I think the ben- the benchmark to to go through the benchmarks, you know, the, the main stats for, uh, but within the context of five salespeople is a nice nice way of doing it because yeah. it'll give you some framework of what stats come when, yeah, um, rather than just throwing loads of KPIs at you, you know, yeah. actually, well, well, you know, when should I look at this and you know at what stage when is this important and um, so I think I think this is a to be honest it's a it's a lovely topic to talk about it's very easy you know, for it's us. right in there yeah it's right <laughs> in there with the Hammersley brothers core religion yeah isn't it yeah it is. get your it's stats in. right it's good so yeah let's do the first one so the first salesperson yeah. on e-commerce and I've, I've trained myself now to say salesperson instead of salesman but i've seen to because when i was we first did it i kept saying salesman and uh, yeah. now i can very easily say a salesperson so that's the that's how i've evolved over the years. <laughs> um, so first salesperson is the greeter. So the greeter. So the greeter coming to the store. So we've, we kind of always make the, the, the analogy of a physical store. So imagine someone, you know, standing on the, on the door of the store, greeting people into the store and kind of bringing them in. And on an e-commerce site, that's represented by the bounce rate. So the bounce rate on, on the site is the greeter. Yeah. And what we're doing there is someone's landing on the site they have five seconds, three to five seconds to decide whether they're in the right place or not. So am I, am I in the right place? I've got a job to be done. Am I in the right place for getting that job done? The first thing mm. is then to decide whether to invest their, you know, three, should, four minutes of their time. Well, the decision is should, the person is thinking, should I invest my, t- not, they're not thinking, should I buy immediately? They're thinking, no. should I invest my time in this e-commerce store? Yeah. How should likely? I continue? Yeah. Is it that I'm going to get my job done on this e-commerce yeah. store? So should so, I con- should I continue? And it's it's that initial impression. Yeah. And the way we measure how successful the greeter is is by that bounce rate, and the bounce rate is the critical thing to get the ad to basket up. So yeah. You get the bounce rate down, you get the ad to basket up, you get the ad to basket up, you get your conversion rate up, you, you get your conversion rate up, you get your ROAS up, you get your ROAS up, you scale. So it mm. all starts with that bounce rate, that greeter. Yeah. But the, the, the nuance of it is, is that unlike a physical shop where they all come through the front door, which is your homepage, they don't all come through the homepage. They often come through different bits of the site so they can either really land on either product page a collection or category page the home page or some other content yeah. page mostly actually do so you know what just let me let me you know it's a big landing page which people forget is is the cart page if you look at a lot of landing yeah. pages a lot of times people will see the cart and that, and that was particularly interesting to me the other day because if you look at like a lot of shopify stores when you go through the site you um, you know you you add something to the basket and then you get this side pop up come up right 
and then and then you go on the side pop-up it says oh you've added these to basket and then you click on at the bottom it goes to check out so when you're looking at your site you don't see the cart page because you you go straight past it and then but you don't realize that the, the abandoned basket email is taking mm. people to the cart page that you probably never even look at because you've never seen it on your own site because when you're adding stuff to the basket you don't see the cart so then you go and see the cart page. You're like, oh, my God, I didn't even realize that was my cart page. So the cart page can be yeah. quite actually quite a big landing page. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. You, 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 it's a very good point to add. You've definitely gone off topic, <laughs> yes. you know, down a rabbit hole. But you're absolutely right. So, so but you wouldn't necessarily think that that would be a key landing page, but it is. In fact, I do. Yeah, I see that quite often. Yeah, yeah, I see it. And I, I yeah. was wondering, you know, it's always, it's always the abandoned product emails that's bringing people yeah, in but true. yeah bounce rates of those key landing pages is the greeter yeah. it's like am i in the right place yeah you know am but i going to get done so the, so the benchmark the all-important benchmark yeah you know these i always forget these you you go through the one for the home page product <laughs> page and check uh, <laughs> page. how do you forget these for god's sake because i know you know them so therefore i can <laughs> i don't have to commit them to memory okay all right well okay so home page should be less than 22 percent Okay, yeah. so bounce rate should be less than 22%. Category page should be less than 40, 45%. Yeah. Product should be less than 60%. Yeah. So if you look at that overall, I feel overall, like I feel like you change those stats every time you say you say them. I wonder what's in the benchmarking yeah, you know, document. I have, the, I have the I have the right and you know to be able to change my mind on yeah. the spot. As as e-commerce <laughs> evolves. Yeah. Yeah. They are around exactly. there anyway. Yeah, they are around there. I think. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, and obviously, you know, well, I won't get into the I won't get into the nitty gritty of why certain sites are higher and lower. But 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 you know, it, it depends on you. Like if you've got a if you've got a site that's heavily driven by Google Shopping, they're all landing on the product page. You're going to expect the bounce rate to be higher. Yeah, you know, because a lot more people are landing on the product page, and the product pages tend to bounce higher than the than the home page. Mm. You know, so but generally. You know, you got to start with somewhere. That's the average benchmark. Yeah. If you don't yeah. have a benchmark, you don't know you don't know you don't know what you're looking at. Yeah. So, just to go through those again, product page less than sixty percent bounce, category less than forty five percent bounce, homepage less than twenty two and a half percent bounce. Mm. But, and I say twenty two and a half because it used to be twenty and it used to be twenty five. Mm. You know, I've I've floated around, but basically, that overall bounce rate is about is about forty percent. Yeah. And yeah. so if your if your if your website, your e-commerce site, is has a bounce rate overall of more than forty percent, your greeter is not doing a good enough job. Yeah. You know, so you've got to go and look at it. The reason we're not I mean, obviously we're not like saying this specific figure. What we look at when we look at a store, we look for pages that are obviously outside of those thresholds. So we're looking for product pages that have bounce rates of 80% plus. We look for home pages that have bounce mm. rates of like 40, 50%. We look for category pages that have bounce rates of over 60%, a different one. Because usually for bang for buck, you're going to go and optimize those pages first. If they're high traffic pages, there's no point going to a page that's got three visits and then you know optimize mm. the bounce rate for that. But like, you know, we're, we're looking for the 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 Outliers, easy, easy wins. We're looking for the we, we we're looking for the biggest bang for our time. Mm. So you know we're not going to bother. And the same vein is if we've got a product page that's bouncing at ninety ninety percent, 
but there's only been a hundred visits there in the last month. Yeah. They don't care. Yeah. Like it might be a dreadful product page, but the one that's got, you know, 50,000 people that has landed on it, that's got a bounce rate of 68%. That's the one I care about. And if I focus on that page, I'm going to get a massive return for my time and effort. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the first one, the greeter. Yeah. And, and, and what the reason it's kind of like if you had a physical store, you'd see that pain you'd, physically. You'd be like, why is people just walking in the door and just walking out? What is it? You know, or even just people looking at the window yeah. and never coming in. Uh, like that, you'd see that pain physically and you go, God, we're going to have to mm. do something about that. But whereas on an e-commerce yeah. store, it can be quite unseen and you kind of like don't know because you don't know. You, you just don't see it. Well, pe- just- people mistake people mistake sessions as a as for for a number. Mm. Sessions is it's a human. It's a it's a it's a person. Mm. You yeah. know, so don't think about it like you know. Think about right now. You listen to this podcast and you're e-commerce site. You've got hundreds of thousands of people who've been on your site today. Real people. Yeah, unless it's bots. Even if you could see them. Unless it's well, it could be bots. Could be a denial of service attack. Well, there's been a lot of. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's interesting because some people are doing this new performance max in Google, and some people are working really well with it, and some people are really struggling. And I've got one client who um, they pretty much drive phone calls from it, and they're using performance max. So obviously, on the phone call, you know exactly who's on the other end of it because it's on a phone call, and on the other end of it, they're saying about eighty percent of the, the phone calls are bots. It's not a real person. So mm. there's been a real problem. There's been a real problem with it, with it. There's a lot of bots out there, and Google's struggling with it, and that's why they pushed back yeah. the roll of it. Roll out. They were supposed to be doing the roll mm. out of it. We're supposed to be getting this upgrade tool, um, and so it's um, it's it's very interesting because yeah, you can get a lot of you can get a lot of bots. Anyway, I got yeah. off, off topic again, but you have yeah. I'm yeah. just throwing in these tidbits, but. but I, yeah, but the analogy is, you know, if you think about this as, as, a, as a physical person coming into your physical shop, you know, yeah. that's, that's, what we're, that's the message we're trying to get across. Yeah. You know, they all just came into your shop and walked out. You'd be like, what the hell's wrong with our shop? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So salesperson number okay. two, salesperson number two is your, is your add-to-basket salesperson. Yeah. And the add-to-basket salesperson is, you know, the, the greeters brought them into the shop. The person has decided to stay around and um, have, a, have a look at things. And then the add-to-basket salesperson is the person that's, that finds the product for them, that, that, that kind of goes, oh, well, you'd probably be interested in this and getting them moving around the site. And then also gets them to add something to the basket. So that makes sense. You know, you, if, if they don't add mm. something to the basket, then the chances of them buying something is, is, is zero. So we've got to get them to add something to the basket. Mm. And we've done a lot of podcasts on that. I think the first ever podcast was on add to baskets, which we've updated yeah. since then. So yeah. what, um, what, what KPIs would you talk yeah. about for that? Well, the, the normally the add to basket stat is one of the biggest metrics to work on because it, it, by the time that they add things to the basket, you know, you, you know, you're more likely to convert them. So if, if we find, if we find a poor performing e-commerce site, it's normally because the add to basket is, 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 is the lowest. Mm. Um, now we have said in the past that the add to basket, the average add to basket stat was 11%. Now, 
I think this this was we said this what for what did we say in the book? When did we write the book? 2018. The first edition of the book came out in 2018. 2018. So back then we said the outer basket was 11%. Yeah. And I have to say that we've lowered that average over the years. And well, it's it's um, a difficult one to say. It has caused a lot of confusion because it's very dependent on a couple of other factors. Mm. And a couple of other factors, one of the main factor is the average order value of the site. And the other factor yeah. is the lifetime repeat business of yeah. the site. So those two factors are going to affect your uh, yeah. uh, to basket rate. Yeah. So if you have a high average order value, you know, let's say £500, you know, it tends to be more of a considered purchase and therefore the add to basket started lower. Yeah. And if you have a high average uh, lifetime customer value, like the buying contact lenses, like every month, the antibiotic tends to be much higher. Yeah. Doesn't it? You know what the other factor is as well, is the number of items per order. Yeah. So we had, a, we had a business the other day that had an average of seven items per order. So the chances are that they're going to buy, they're going to add something to the basket. Mm. You know, because they were they were building, um, you know, seven items per order. So their add to basket stat was really high. But then what happens is you're putting a lot of pressure in the basket. So the more pressure you put in the basket, the lower your basket to order rate is. But but we are massively going off topic. But generally speaking, the add to basket stats tend to be between, let's say, eight and 11%. For an average, average order you know, value, yeah. For an so, average, which is around. Average site with an average order value of about what, 80 pounds and a lifetime customer value of about 1.5 you know, times. You're very 1. UK 2. specific. I use dollars as a global, globally. Okay. So $120, $120 is probably yeah. around where the average average order value is for most e-commerce sites. So let's just talk about, so if you're selling furniture and you're selling something for $2,000, like most people will kind of max out, like without any optimization, they'll rock up with like a 2% add to basket rate. And then I have seen really optimized stores get that up to 4%. So that's kind of like where you are at. And then... Like a really high average yeah. order value, yeah. And then I've seen some companies with... Very decent repeat business, like clothing companies where people are really into the products uh, with an average order value of around 70 to 80, 100, $120, that kind of range, without to basket rates of around 15%, particularly if they're very mm. Facebook-led ad businesses. If, you're, mm. if your business is driven... And that's because a lot of the decision-making is done before they get to the site. Yeah, because they've been warmed up and the site becomes more of an order taker. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah. So if you're running Google Shopping, if you're a Google Shopping-driven business, the, the, the decision is made on the website. So it pushes down mm. your, your ad to basket tends to be. But if you're a predominantly you a Facebook see, one, it pushes it up. And you, I know, and you can see that in the stat yeah. that is the, the number of page views per session. If yeah. that's low, so if doing one, you know, well, you know, two, two and a half, um, you tend to find that they already know what they want. Yeah. You know, and they're coming in. But we are going off topic. But Yeah, I'm just trying to give it the nuances of it because it's kind of it like, is. you know, people will be listening to this going, well, mine's, my out-to-basket set uh, yeah. 4%. What am I doing? Do you know what? When when I was in 
um, I was in Porto last week speaking at an e-commerce event, and somebody asked that somebody came up to me after the the, the my speech and said, you know, you know, our ads basket isn't anywhere near that eight to eleven percent. And I said, well, I said, what is it? They said, oh, it's five, and and it was because their average order value was quite high, and and I said, you know what, it doesn't matter that yours is five. The fact that you know that your ad basket stat is five percent, you now you now you now have a benchmark that you can improve. So if you got that to six percent, you know what effect would that have on your target sheet? What effect would that have on your revenue for the year? What effect would that have on your ROAS? Yeah, yeah. And you would go, well, it would make a massive difference. So great. Well, there is your stat you can now focus on. Yeah, and you can then go and drive and push forward because the mechanics of it are the same. It doesn't matter whether or not your ad to basket stat is five percent or it's eight percent or it's fifteen percent. If you get that ad to basket stat higher, you're going to improve. And I think, I think the the main thing that we look for is if we see an ad to basket stat that is too low, according to the average order value or lifetime customer value, you know we know that that is a problem, and no matter what we do. You know, we're not we're not going to really scale that business to 10, 20, 30, 40 million unless we can fundamentally address. Well, yeah. It's, an opt- it's, that it's opportunity, really, isn't it? You put the figures into the target sheet, margin sheet, those kind of things, and you work out where you need to be, and you go, "Well, actually, we need to be here." So, how mm. am I going to get there? And you go, "Oh, the add to basket's only five percent." Oh, look at the product page. Look at the you know. You go, "Oh, well, there's clear stuff that's missing on there," and you go, "Well, I'm yeah. sure I could get that up to seven. How does that look?" And you go, oh, that looks a lot better. We only need to go and get, you know, buy that can get by twenty five percent less traffic to hit our target. That that's a lot more doable, yeah. you know. So it it, it kind of comes from there. But it's that kind of yeah. That, like the first thing is to know what yours is, and to know what it was yeah. last year, and to know what it is this year, and to know how it's changing, and are you moving in the right direction? And the, and and then the reason why you know, it's so exciting is because you know, we, we, we never really talk about conversion rate. And the reason why we don't talk about conversion rate is because it's pointless. Mm. Because it's like, it's like just saying, be more successful, sell more stuff, be better. And it's fucking obvious. Yeah. You know, thanks very much. So you have to break it down into, into those two major ones, add to basket and basket to order. Also, it's, it's, Unless you break it's it, a lot because you're, because you're focusing much earlier in the funnel, it's much more movable. It's, and you can see the benefit of of changes much more quickly because it's it's, yeah. it's there's so much more traffic at that level that you can work out where what what's 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 working what's not working. Yeah. So, yeah, the opportunity <laughs> is there. It's one hundred percent because yeah. by the time they get into the checkout, they're pretty much they're committed to buying. The checkout yeah, page, and, the and checkout you, page, not, oh the, not God. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah, the checkout page. Not well. That's what I said. Yeah, I did, you did. Out. I was just because it's not the, basket. the next one's the next one's the basket to order, isn't it? Which is, which isn't. Yeah. You know, the next salesperson is, yeah. is the basket to order. So they've got they've got something to add to the basket. Yeah. They are, you know, they walk. They start to walk towards the till in the shop, and then you've got your basket to order salesperson that comes out and makes sure that they are going to continue with their purchases and try and get as many people who walk mm. towards the till to. To do it, and obviously, if people are standing in a in a yeah. queue, and if uh, people are unsecure about what insecure about what they're going to buy, and whether it's going to get delivered on time, and all that kind of stuff. So, 
Yeah, you you would be conquering you'd be conquering last minute anxieties. Yeah. Um, you'd be giving them evidence of trust and credibility. You would be telling them what would happen if it, you know, it wouldn't go wrong. Here's evidence of all our customers. And you'd be giving them a reason to act now. Yeah. You know, you'd be, you'd be telling them, look, there's a deal on the table right now. You know, if, and look, if you don't like it, it's fine. You can bring it back. No problem. It's free returns. And, you know, and, you, and you've got, you know, 90 days, you know, whatever it would be. So you're basically reducing risk. Yeah. And that basket to order stack, to be honest, it's probably one of the most easiest ones to get right because it's it's very straightforward and it's pretty much the same for most e-commerce businesses. Yeah. It is it is literally demonstrating trust and credibility, getting rid of last minute anxieties, um, giving them a reason to act now. You know, and that's where the offer architecture comes in. Yeah. You know, so it's quite straightforward. But that basket to order stat, you know, we, we it, 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 this fluctuates as well, you know, between different businesses. Yeah. You know, depending on average order buying life and customer value. Yeah. You know, but, but you know, what, what what are you seeing at the moment? What are you seeing the, the basket to order rate? Well, I mean, on average. a lot of the time it's around 35%. That seems to be quite standard, about 30, 35%. And then you see it, like, yeah. but then I wouldn't be surprised to see it at 55%. Um, well, we, we, the, the, the average we always used to say was forty-four percent. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I had a client this morning that had a fifty-two percent basket to order rate, but their add to basket was only three point seven. Mm. So the reason why their basket to order rate looked great is because it had very little pressure. Well, interesting. There wasn't, there wasn't enough people adding to basket. To make to make it a problem. Well, you know that company that's working with us is trying to get to 100 million at the moment. Um, mm. Their add to basket, uh, so the basket to order is uh, about 22. percent So, you know, you see that and you mm. go, well, that's an opportunity because that's really low. That means that eight, almost 80 percent of people who are adding something to the basket who spent the time on the site adding to the basket are mm. leaving. So then it kind of makes you think. Yeah. So they, they, it sounds like they're using the, the basket as a dumping ground then. Well, yes and no, but it could be, you know, that this company obviously sells globally in loads of different countries. And what they haven't done is they haven't made like geo-specific uh, messaging mm. to that country to say, oh, you're in the UK. This is how much you, you're going to get this by Friday. This is where, you, you know, like it, it, it's... You know, the, the trouble is when people are selling globally, they kind of go, yeah, we sell globally, we ship globally, but the, 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 ad to bas- the basket page and the checkout page isn't optimized for those countries. You'll, I mean, you'll notice that we, we haven't split down the, the basket to checkout and checkout to order. Yeah, which you can. And the reason we do that, which we can, which, which we do, you know, when we're going into it in depth, we normally do, but, we, but for the purposes of, of, the, of keeping it simple, we put the basket to order it. And most of the time, the issue is, is the basket. They're not going any further than the basket. Mm. Um, but occasionally you do find that the checkout has a problem. Um, yeah, because by the time, the, the, the general stats are that the basket to checkout stat is about 55%. The checkout to order stat is about 85%. Yeah. 
So if you combine those two baskets of water, you get about forty, about forty-four, forty-five percent. Yeah, and also your abandoned, yeah, your, your effectiveness of your abandoned basket emails, your abandoned product emails, you know, is going to yeah. affect that stat because it's going to bring people back to check out those kind of things. You know, on the demo store that we're using for the twenty k core program, the recovery rate of the abandoned basket is about eight, about fifteen percent, which is yeah. pretty good. Yeah, you know, because we haven't really yeah. done much to it. You know, well, I haven't really done anything to it, no. but the, the, the um, you know, I think it's very much around the people. The reason people abandon the baskets tends to be not a technical reason; it tends to be an emotional reason. You mm. know, do I actually need this? Can I find this better somewhere else? You know, what's the alternatives? Mm. You know, what's going to give me the little nudge? You know, to make me to make me do it yeah and most e-commerce purchases are emotional purchases you know like most things in life we don't actually need them you know unless you, okay unless you buy like a you know a, a replacement hinge for your fridge or something you need yeah um and um but most most of them are like emotional purchases you know things that things that you kind of want you don't really need but you want them and you look for a rational reason to to, to you know to give you the reason to buy yeah yeah you know and that's where and the re- the main emotional levers you can pull to get your basket to order start higher is scarcity and urgency yeah and trust and trust is it, it, it you know like it I, I would say that like the add to basket in, in my experience has been one of the most fluid movable things that 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 we we yeah. work on we can usually change that quite easily usually can move whereas the basket to order is more stubborn it's you know like you'll find that in your industry that you tend to have a low basket to order or you have a high basket to order like it tends to be industry specific and so therefore you might Mm. rock up with like a 22 percent basket to order but you're never going to get that to 55 it's just it's just the nature of your customers that means that it's there you might be able to get up to 30 yeah, but you're not going to get it up to 55 because that's it's just a different way of people buying. Like in gifting, gifting is completely different. Gifting tends to have a, a quite a high basket to order because people have spent time buying at choosing the gift and knowing what they want by the or personalizing yeah. it. So by the time they actually get to the basket order, it's a lot higher. Whereas kind of like fast moving kind of, kind of clothes, well, homeware, homeware, or like homeware, or or. Yeah, like you know, table lamps and things like that, and rugs and things like yeah. that. You know, that, that you know, they're much more of a you know considered purchase. You have to have a conversation with your partner yeah. about any of those. You know, do, you know, is that right? Any of those clothing companies yeah. that sells to young people, like um, what's it called? Like what's bloody what's the big one in the UK? Azos, Azos, little, little little thing. You know, like they won't have massive basket to order stats because. The, the people are just kind of going, oh, let's have a look, add some to the basket, add some to the basket, add some to the basket, you know, like, and they'll, they'll be caught more of a kind of like... It's almost like a wish list, isn't it? And that's where, yeah, and that, but that, that's where the whole abandonment process comes in. You know, you've got to be able to... You do, I mean, we will, let, I don't think we should go too much no. into the, the reason, reason why. What, how. Yeah, we've done the podcast on But this. basically, we're saying the, the, the basket to order start, you know, is between, you know, 35 and 50. Yeah. Yeah, percent. You know, on on average, on average. Yeah, yeah. It's not you know if yours is lower, not necessarily that's really bad. We're just saying. Yeah. Again, you're lower than average. Know where yours is. Therefore, you therefore mm. 
therefore you've got to make it up elsewhere. So if your basket of water rate is 20%, you know, you've, you've got to get that revenue from somewhere else. You've got to, get, you've got to have a higher average order value or a higher add to basket. Yeah. Yeah. Haven't you? So where are we now? We've done, yeah. we've done the greeter. We've done the add to basket. Add to basket. Basket to, che- basket to, order, to order. And now we're doing the, the salesperson AOV. number four. The average order, the average value. order value sales salesperson. Now this is this is this is very hard to benchmark because it no it is well it is it it is because <laughs> because it's very we know what the we, yeah but you <laughs> let me let me just say that because it's going to depend on what you oh, sell okay. like you know if you've got if you're selling um, like <laughs> I don't know like tag I know, tag I know watches you, you can't benchmark you can't benchmark the the actual value yeah. Because it completely depends on what you're selling. But you can benchmark the number of items per order. Yeah, you can benchmark the number of items per order. But, well, the average order value is like how much you're selling. You can't, like, go, you yeah, know, someone selling ballpoint yeah. pens can't go, go no, to, a, tell you, to a tag her shop and say, I want his average order yeah. value. You say, I, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what you can. I think what you can benchmark is, okay, the, the, the average number of items per order is 1.5. Yeah. In a typical e-commerce site. And the other thing... That I think is quite useful. There's only two ways you can get your average order value up. It's either more items per order or more expensive products. And if you go for the first one, more items per order, and and so what we're talking about here is upselling um, and building baskets for people. You know, people who buy this also bought this, and why don't you add this? Why don't you do multi buys, three for two, all that kind of stuff. You know, post-purchase upsell, all those kind of nice e-commerce things that you can do. I think the most that I've ever seen these increase the average order value was up to 20%, you know, on a good day. So if you really want to get your average order value higher, you have to lean on the other one, the second one, which is more expensive products. Yeah. Now, what you've got to remember with the more expensive products is, you know, you can't just go and, you know, sell, try and sell somebody a you know a fifty pound jacket, and then try and get them to buy a five hundred pound jacket you know, without doing something extra. You know, because if your average order value goes up, so the desirability has to go up with it. You know, because you might well be you know tapping stepping your toes into um, a different world. But I have definitely seen this. I remember a really famous homeware business. That everybody will know. Um, I mean, you can probably say say the name. Say the name, can't we? What do? Why? Why do we not say that name? Which one? Say everyone else. Cox and Cox. You said it now. We've said it before. We've said it before. Yeah. Well, Cox and Cox, you know, had a really a really low average order value, you know, and they got stuck at five million. This was like you know twelve years ago. Yeah. And they were stuck at. They were stuck at five million. They just couldn't get past five million because their average order value was, I think, it was about forty pounds. Yeah, and you know their ROAS was maxing out. They just couldn't go any lower, and they couldn't buy any trap. We said, "Well, you're going to have to increase your average order value." So we didn't, we didn't really do anything other than put more expensive products in. Yeah, we you added new categories. We knew, yeah, we added more core categories, and we knew that the customers would have the appetite to increase the average order value. We didn't know how successful it would be, 
but we knew we had to try it and it and it was great because the same customers that were spending 40 pounds came along and spent 100 pounds yeah same well, it people, built into massive, it built on top of the brand difference. that we built with those customers, hadn't we? The brand of those customers, they believe we yeah. could, the job to be done. They believe they could that the Cox and Cox could make their house look nice. So it was like, well, yeah. okay, they can make my house look nice. That makes sense. Them selling lighting and stools and stuff like that because it tied into the 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 job to be done that they believe we could do for them. If they'd gone and started selling car tires, that wouldn't work because it's like. Well, that's not what you do. That's not that's yeah. buy into your brand. So it's kind of like that the mm. brand extension there. So the average order, yeah, and, I think, and that's continued. Mm. And that, that's continued. You know that business now. I mean, they're selling you know things that are much much more expensive than they ever would have dreamt of. Yeah, yeah. And it made a big difference because the reason why the average order value is a separate salesperson number four is because it, obviously if your average order value, you know, is is much higher. You stand a much greater chance of converting this customer profitably. Yeah. Because you know, if you think about it in in just one perspective, you know, if you if you sat in your business now and you've got a return on ad spend of three, and you just cannot go any lower than three, you know, you're basically stuck. And the only way you can then scale this business is by changing either conversion rate average order value or lifetime customer value. Yeah. So average order value was one of the real, real key elements to scaling your e-commerce business. Yeah. Makes things a lot easier. And there's more tools. Like you can really focus on 12 that. years ago when we were working with Cox and Cox, there was no like post-purchase upsells. There was no scripts to do, yeah. you know, related products, all that kind of stuff. Having said that, related yeah. products, a lot of the time is a waste of time. It doesn't, it doesn't seem to make, unless it's actually yeah. done properly yeah. and put in the flow and it's like, well, I noticed that people are buying this with this, and that's the companion product, and those kind of things. They work, mm. but just plonking related products on the page and expecting the AI to figure I find, it out. No, I find that doesn't work. I find I find often when we look at the AI, look at clients who really invest in the AI. I find that most of it's just it's just complete random rubbish. Yeah, yeah, it's just not right. And you'd be better off, you know, when when I've seen it work successfully. And I'm sure there are examples that what I'm about to say, you know, I'm sure people are, will, will find you know, good examples. But, you know, I look at it and you see, if you see certain key categories, you go, right, people who buy from the candle category, you know, often buy, you know, from the um, soap category, yeah. bars yeah, category. Whatever. Yeah. Well, and therefore, you know, you're better off just keeping it simple rather than trying to be really sophisticated. Well, also, a lot of the time, what happens is, They'll have a, like a really successful Instagram advert or something or a Facebook advert. And in that Facebook advert, they'll have the, the, the candle with the white vase. And then people will go to the site and start buying can't bloody the find candle it. with the white vase. But, and they, but they have to search for it. But they can't yeah. bloody find it because they, the you AI doesn't yet know that that's what the new advert is. And that's yeah. what people want. And it's because, you, it's because people want to buy the job to be done. Yeah. You know, they want to buy that look. Yeah. They want to buy that look. They want to buy into that lifestyle. So I think, I think, and if I think you had a physical cool store, if you had a physical store, it'd be bloody obvious. You'd have that in the yeah, picture in the window, together. and you'd be like, where's that? And you go, oh, here's that vase, and here's that candle yeah. right next yeah, to each put other. Them together. And there's an offer for them to get them together. So you look, you look for, when we, when we look at average order value, we look for, for pans that are already naturally happening yeah. in, in Google Analytics. So we see what products do people commonly buy together. Yeah. And then we see how hard it is. Yeah. And you know, and the you know the other the other cool thing about average order value is 
is that often people buy the same product again. Mm. And you see that in certain industries like men's fashion. And when I say this, people are like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like men's fashion, men tend to buy the same thing again. Yeah. You know, look at businesses like Charles Tirrett. You know, four shirts for a hundred quid, or three shirts for three polo shirts for ninety, yeah, or you know, yeah. three pairs of trousers for hundred. Like they're just buying the same thing again. Oh, you, yeah, you like that navy blue cashmere sweater, do you? Or you want another one? So yeah, okay. Yeah, you know, yeah. rather than trying to make it really complicated, oh, why, why don't you buy that whole outfit? The people who buy that navy cashmere blue jumper, they they buy this this belt and these striped socks with it. No. They don't want the outfit. They want another navel jumper. Yeah. So keep it simple. And you often find that's the easiest way to get the average order value higher. Yeah, so when, when I like it, I buy a jumper again. and I like it, I'll say, well, I'll, give me six of these. Yeah. Six is a bit much, but... Yeah. yeah. It's, not, it's not always the same, but basically, you do, some people often overcomplicate it all. Mm. And that's where, you know, I think with like AI, I look at it and go, well, that, that's just not, that's just not what you would do in a physical store. Yeah. You know, you know what 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 people will buy because you can see it. You're just going with the flow. Keep it simple. Yeah. You often find your conversion rates. Better. The last salesperson is the lifetime customer value salesperson. So, you know, someone's the greeters come in, they greeted them, they've added to them into the basket. They said, this is what you should get. This is why you should have it. And they said, the basket to orders, done his job, her job. Um, I'll slip there. And... Um, and then you know they've got they've got something to the checkout, and they they got there, and then they they said, oh, would you want this with this, and this works well with this, and you know, good salespeople will do those kind of things. Mm. And the last one is a lifetime customer value salesperson, which is all about getting them to come back and buy again and again. So they're making sure they have a good good yeah. time with the delivery, making sure that there's there's obvious things to buy next time. There's offer architecture to make sure they do so, and um, you've got products that that kind of link, you know, make it likely that they are going to buy again. So the benchmark for lifetime so, customer value, KPI, mm, is? 1.2. That's 2. average. 1.2 times. That's yeah. like, that is, that's quite interesting. That's kind of like an unoptimized 1. one though, isn't it? 2. That's kind of like if you you rock up yeah. to any e-commerce site, most it's e-commerce normal, site, very normal. They always seem to, yeah, they always <clears throat> seem to give us, oh, it's about 1.2. Yeah. And you know that, that I think that's quite surprising for for a lot of biz, businesses. Yeah, that they that they only buy one point two times on average in a twelve month period. Yeah. So if they buy today, you can expect on average that that customer will buy another point two times, basically. But then you include the first. So how many? But then, like I have seen, yeah. you know, like let's take the talk with extremes. So like there's a gifting company who sells jewelry, silver jewelry. His average, uh, something like 0.01 or something ridiculous, it's like really low. Like because it's people yeah. buy gifts, they come and buy a gift and they need it for that person. They buy it for a christening or whatever they never and they're never going to come back. That's just, that's just the way the business is. So, so the, I think the overall, the overall kind of interesting point I think about lifetime customer value is the, the, biggest, the biggest factor around lifetime customer value is the product you sell. Yeah. You know, so if you're selling content lenses, and you had a terrible lifetime customer value strategy, you're going to get better lifetime customer value because that's the product you sell. So, but if you have, you know, you're selling a wardrobe for five thousand pounds, five thousand dollars, yeah, not pounds, 
um, but you've got a really great lifetime customer value strategy, you're going to have a crap lifetime customer value compared to the one yeah, the, who's selling content lenses. So you can't change that. So you know, the product offering is, is you know, and the way your customers buy, like go with the flow of the river, like you can't force people to buy something they don't want to buy. So that's that's the first point to say. Yeah. The second thing to say is is that, you know, ignore what I've just said because what you do want to do is implement the best practice. And what you find is that the 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 the, the lifetime customer value, if it, if they're going to buy again, they tend to do so quite quickly, and they tend to do it within the first six weeks. And the chances of them buying for a second time massively diminishes if they don't buy within that first six weeks. Mm. And the other factor is, is that if they buy, the more they buy, the more loyal they become. Mm. So the chances of them buying for a third, fourth, fifth time increases more and more each time they buy. So if somebody has bought, you know, four or five times, they're definitely going to buy again a sixth mm. time. So what it means is the, the key to lifetime customer value is getting them to buy the second time. Yeah. And that's Actually, I think key. the two, I think that's, that is, I think that's the key, but the other key, I was just thinking as you were talking, the first key is getting a second sale. The second key is having that 20% of customers that drive 80% of the revenue and having incentives for that as well so those are the two things we kind of work on we work on the first mm. the first purchaser buying for a second time and then we work on the top customers who've shown the capacity to spend a lot and we work with those harder yeah. because the multi-buy the multi-buy loyal buyers become you know more loyal and, and buy again and again mm. and again and every customer every company has them and you've got to find out who they mm. are you yeah i mean you and you know, I think if you, you try and look back at what those, because sometimes you find patterns. You find that you know that lifetime customer value person in the business will see that there are patterns that the more loyal customers tended to buy these products on their first purchase. Mm. And if you find patterns like that, then obviously you want to invest more in those products. You know, you know, I mean, a lot of people you know, from a Google shopping perspective. They're only looking at the ROAS on the first initial purchase. But if that if that customer who bought these products went on and bought ten times versus the other product that they only bought once, obviously you want to spend more money on recruiting the products that have a better lifetime customer value. Mm. It just makes sense, doesn't it, when you think about it? Yeah. Yeah. So again, know what it is, knowing where it's moving. You know, we we kind of like a back of a beer mat kind of calculation. We just take the twelve month revenue divided by the unique number of customers. That gives you a some figure, but it, you know, it's it, there are tools that you can work it out and work it out better and all those kind of stuff that that you can get you can get on. You know, just plug into your commerce site. So, yeah. uh, but we just, that's what we were, you, when I was doing it for a couple of big customers who I was doing the forecasting for, that's all I did. I just looked at that figure, the 12 month figure year on year and each month and yeah. just saw whether it was going up or down. Is it going up? Is it going down? Yeah. 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 That's right. You know, I think to kind of summarize the lifetime customer value one, but also all of them really, the, the, the two questions that matter with e-commerce, the two fundamental questions that cover everything that you could ever think about, talk about, pontificate about with e-commerce is the following two questions. Number one, 
how much does it cost us to recruit a customer? Mm. Number two, how much that customer is worth to mm. us over a lifetime? The very that's yeah. it. That's e-commerce. the very least. The very least is if you start monitoring these and understanding whether they're moving up or down. That's the first the first trick. The, the, the where the experience comes in is knowing where the easy gains are based on those figures from the industry. And you can come and talk to people like us yeah. and have a, get us to have a look at your stuff and tell you exactly where it is. But if you haven't got access to people like us or you're, not, you know, you're doing it on your own, just monitoring them and making sure they're moving in the right place is a very good start to it. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So That's thank you good. very much. Again, if you want to download the benchmarking stuff, it's in the show notes. So grab a copy of that and um, we'll email that over to you. Uh, Yeah, and thank you very much for listening to us and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, Mark. Cheers.